We're going in our Bibles to the book of Proverbs, chapter number 4, beginning at verse number, actually just one verse of Scripture, verse 23. February is uh, the shortest month of the year, just 28 days, uh, unless it's a leap year and then it gets an extra day. But February is packed with holidays. It's There's no real... I haven't done any scientific uh, ex, uh, exploration or study of this, but I feel like uh, there's more holidays in February than any other month. It starts with Groundhog Day. It's a holiday. There's the festivities and other occasions. There's Valentine's Day, friendly reminder. That's Tuesday for the men in the room. Don't forget it. The day after tomorrow. That's right. So you got time, basically, is, uh, if you're a man. There's still time. <laughs> President's Day. Just this morning, I received an email uh, from the New York Times declaring that the Super Bowl Sunday is akin to a national holiday. I don't know about that. But it's also Black History Month in February. And, and I don't think I've ever noticed this one before. But this year actually marks the 59th anniversary of... American Heart Month. Lyndon Johnson actually declared that first proclamation in February of 1964, an action that was prompted by his own heart attack and his own poor cardiovascular health. So it is in, in, in February, a spotlight is placed on the heart. Because, as the American Heart Association points out, heart conditions are so deadly and serious that one of them, heart disease, is the number one killer of people in the world. I think that, that we too, as you find your way to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, in the church, from time to time, should put a spotlight on the heart. Not the physical beating heart in your chest, that vital muscle that delivers blood through your body. No, no, the spiritual heart. Unseen, but surely felt, and without question, so vital. And we look now in Proverbs 4.23 at the admonition of Scripture that will serve as our text this week and possibly next. I want you to hear and sense the weight of the words of the Scripture here. Reading first from the New King James translation, it says this, Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. Another translation, the NIV says it this way, Above all else, above everything else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So over these next few weeks, I want to preach to you about heart conditions. And this week I want to talk to you about a hardened heart. Before you're seated, if you would just close your eyes with me and pray that God would touch our hearts with His Word. Lord, we love You and we thank You for Your presence, for everyone that is gathered here in this place today fighting their way through the weather and the difficulties that would stand in our ways. We've come here and we've felt Your presence, but we pray, Lord, that You would touch our hearts. Let Your heart... Let your word, God, affect and change and stir 
our hearts. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You can be seated. How is it that, that we define the heart? From an early age, we learn to draw it. My middle son, Bennett, he likes to draw hearts. They're a little deformed. Every one of his hearts has a heart condition. <laughs> but medical science would describe the heart as a muscular organ responsible for pumping the blood throughout our complex circular system, beating some 115,000 times per day. Our heart is busy. But Scripture defines the heart differently than how medical science would describe it, more than a, a small organ pump. It is described in the Bible as the center of, of who we are. It is... With the heart that we love. The Bible says it is with that same heart that we hate. Our hearts can be overtaken with joy and yet that same heart, the Bible would say and describe instances where it is overcome by sorrow. It is the center of who we are. It is the seat of our emotions. It is the wellspring of our lives. It is with our hearts. The Bible says that we perceive, that we ponder, that we imagine, that we know, and that we decide. The heart is all of those things. It is the essence of who we are. And so it is with that in mind, with that understanding and that that context uh, in, in mind that we find ourselves in Proverbs 4 and he warns us to keep our heart with all diligence. Why? Because it's the center of who we are. Because it affects every part of our lives. It is from it, he says, all the issues of life flow the heart. But we must all understand today that is important and is essential as our hearts are spiritually. We must also understand and know that our hearts, like those hearts that Bennett and children like him would attempt to doodle from a young age, our hearts are defective at birth. We've all heard the saying in reference to someone, oh, they've got a, a good heart. But the truth of the matter is, none of us are born with a good heart. None of us have a good heart. At our core, in essence, our hearts are not good. No, our hearts are selfish. Our hearts are not pure. No, they are infected. We do not have good hearts at birth. No, from birth we have been inherited. We have inherited heart conditions as a result of Sin. The Bible would say it this way in Jeremiah 17. You can argue with me, but you can't argue with the Bible. It says in Jeremiah 17, 9, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand? Our hearts are defective. They are sick. And the truth of the matter is, if you take a look at the news, you can see the symptoms of that. Our heart condition. Wickedness, crime, abuse, corruption, racism, hatred, 
All kinds of abominations. Oh yes, we have an inherited heart condition. The truth is too many people in our day and age are doing what feels good to their heart. It feels good in my heart, following my heart. I'm just doing what my heart says. I'm listening to my heart. Those are common phrases in our day and yet the truth is our hearts have a heart condition that is sending us straight into the day like the days of Noah where the Bible says in Genesis 6-5 that God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination and the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. We have a heart condition where people they live according to their heart they make decisions not based on what they know but what they feel in their heart and so because of that the newspapers are riddled with evidence that our hearts are broken and they are sick hear me the Bible would go as far as to say it this way in Matthews 15 19 for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts murders adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. Hear me. You cannot legislate away a heart condition. We cannot even protest away a heart condition. No, 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 no. The only answer for our heart conditions is a God that can touch our heart. And so we must, as a church, we've got to put a spotlight on our hearts before we fix anybody else's hearts. We've got to start with our own hearts. So we want to take a a stethoscope, as it were, of our hearts today. And we need to look and see if our heart is infected by a heart condition. And I tell you that we need God to touch our hearts. I don't need God to change my mind. No, I need Him to change my heart. I I need Him to change and heal my heart condition. I'm preaching to you today about the heart and about heart conditions. Several years ago, I I attended a funeral in uh, this line of of work. You attend many funerals. I've attended funerals of all kinds. Some where the overwhelming emotion was sadness, lives lost too young, others a sense of celebration and lives well lived and long. But this funeral that I attended what was unique in that the man whose funeral that we were attending to that day suffered from a rare type of of a disease. It was a subtype of a very rare already disease that the disease itself will only affect about 1% of the U.S. population. It's a disease that affects the tissue of the body, most commonly the skin. It causes the skin to harden. However, in some very rare cases, this incurable disease, scleroderma, can affect not just the skin, but the organs causing them too to harden. And such was the case of the man's funeral that I attended some years back. In a seemingly short period of time, this man was diagnosed, began to suffer the symptoms, and eventually he died. 
caused his, ar- his organs to harden. Quite literally, he died from a hardened heart. And so I'll spend some time talking about heart conditions over these next few weeks, but I want to start right here today because we must understand the danger of allowing our hearts to harden. Charles Dickens, the famous writer, would pen these words, oh, to have a heart that never hardens. The truth is that should be our aim, our prayer, and our desire. But with this flawed heart that we are born with, it can over time harden. The Bible tells us that Moses went to Pharaoh with a word from the Lord, let my people go. And yet, at hearing the word of the Lord, Pharaoh chose to reject it, to abandon it, to reject it altogether, and Pharaoh would not. And the Bible says Pharaoh hardened his heart. As you read that narrative of Scripture there in Genesis, you'll find six times that the Bible says God hardened Pharaoh's heart, but seven times the Bible says Pharaoh hardened his own heart because more often than not, we are the ones who harden our hearts. Our hearts, hear me now, are hardened first when we won't let go. Pharaoh let my people go. He knew he needed to let go, but instead he decided to harden his heart. And although we are quick to judge Pharaoh, we must examine our own lives because sometimes we too refuse to let go. It's the statement that was made, the hurtful words that were spoken. It's the mistake that we made In the past, it's the thing not easily forgotten. It's the family member who turned their back, the commitment broken. It's the hope that was shattered, the promise that was forsaken. Those things that hurt us, those wounds that inflicted us, those things that happened to us. We we want to hold on to it as almost as though it were a trophy of the past. But God says, let it go. God says forgive, God says move on and yet we refuse and when we refuse our hearts are hard and oh it's it's not my fault, I, I didn't do it oh but I hold on to that hurt and anger but I heard a statement once and it says holding on to hurt and anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die hear me now, I want to preach to you for a few moments and help you and tell you that we must never let our hearts harden because we refuse to let go And so I tell you that we must let the hurt go And we must let the anger go And we must let the bitterness go And we must let the guilt go And the shame go Because I don't want to harden my heart Where God can't do in me and for me and through me What He wants to do Our hearts are hardened when we refuse To let go, I ask you, what is it in your life that you are holding on to that God has asked you to let go of? Our hardened hearts. Three times the writer of Hebrews would speak of this condition, this condition when he says, Harden not your hearts. 
And he gives the antidote when he says, Today, if you will hear my voice. Because not only are our hearts hardened when we refuse to let go, but also our hearts are hardened when we reject God's Word. Every time God speaks, every time He draws, every time He stirs and you brush off that calling and you shut off His voice and you close the book of the Bible, your heart becomes a little more hardened when the preaching goes forth and you begin to feel as though God was speaking to you and then he was talking to your situation and talking to your life the preacher said you got to let the hurt go you got to let the shame go you got to let the anger go and you say oh but you don't understand what they did and, and you don't know how bad it hurt and the situation is not resolved yet and so you decide to ignore the voice and turn it off and shut the book and close your ears oh something happens to your heart, your heart becomes a little more hardened when God says, commit, and you leave the same way. When God says, walk away from that relationship, and you cling to it tighter. When when God says, obey, and you say, well, maybe another day, hardening happens slowly, the heart turns to stone, cold to the touch. And unmovable. Paul, Paul, what, what was it that happened in Corinth when you were there preaching for three months? Paul, well, what happened? Tell us of the revival. Tell us what happened. Paul says, oh, I could tell you about the revival, but also I must tell you about some. The Bible says, Paul would say, some rejected the word and their hearts were hardened. And so we must approach the Word of God in study and in prayer and in preaching and in everything we do with a heart that is open where we say, Lord, touch my heart with Your Word. Let my heart be changed by Your Word. I don't want my heart to be hardened because You spoke to me and I ignored it, that You challenged and convicted me and I heard it. I don't want to suffer from that heart condition. Our hearts are hardened when we reject God's word. Finally, I would point out in scripture the last thing, activity as it were, that causes our heart to harden. Because I was reading and studying, thinking about heart conditions there's a common misconception that heart conditions are primarily hereditary. Heart disease. So we'll fill out these forms. The doctors will ask if family members have suffered from any heart conditions. But the truth of the matter is most heart conditions are not hereditary. They are lifestyle connected. It's because of what you do. It's because of how you live. Now perhaps you could say that it's because of what you've seen and what you've experienced. Yes, you, you saw exampled for you poor habits and, and, uh, and, and such. And so you begin to model those and, and to practice those in your own life. But perhaps, 
the thing that causes our hearts to harden most. Falls on our own shoulders. Because the Bible says that the number one way that our heart is hardened is by sin. Hebrews 3.13 would say it this way, and I rush to a close. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened, how? Through the deceitfulness of sin. Or another translation would say it this way, being blinded by the glamour of sin. Sin, like nothing else, hardens our heart. And all of those things, they, they will affect it and they will begin to attack it and they will begin to change it and transform it until eventually our hearts become like stone, unmovable, unchangeable. When you live however you want to live for so long, eventually you stop hearing the voice of God and you stop feeling the conviction and you stop feeling the stirring of your conscience. Oh, to have a heart that never hardens. That should be our prayer. I tell you, these things harden our heart. And like that man who I, whose funeral I attended, I, I think about him in that condition. Unfortunately, there's no cure for the disease that riddled his body. You can only manage the symptoms for a while. And if we are not careful, you and I, and I know this is a bit of a heavy message. I'll, I'll try to lift you up next week perhaps. <laughs> the truth of the matter is if we are not careful... We'll just try to manage the symptoms of a hardened heart instead of dealing with our heart. But it is the root issue that is the real issue. And so you've got to get to the heart. Ezekiel 11 verse 19 says of God, while there is no cure for that human condition that affects the heart, Ezekiel would make sure that everybody who suffered from a heart condition, who suffered from hardening of the heart, who have ever brushed off the Word of God, and who have ever tried to live life their own way, Ezekiel the prophet, he would pick up the pen in Ezekiel chapter number 11 verse 19, and he says, I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within you, and I will take the stony heart out of their flesh and will give them a heart of flesh. He says then in Ezekiel 36, verse 26, a new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit in you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments and do them. I preach to you today as the music begins to come that there is a cure for the heart and heart and it is God's spirit and when you begin to allow God's spirit to touch you and move on you and you begin to allow him to stir you he will reach into your heart and he will remove that stony heart and he will give you a heart that can be moved again and that can work again and that can feel again it will be a heart of flesh it's a heart that pumps as it should, that works as it should. It's a heart that, that, that surrenders when it should, that obeys when it should, that responds as it should. A heart that never 
hardens. Stand with me. I tell you, as we think about the heart, that I can almost hear the writer of Hebrews as he echoes it out loud. You don't have to have a hardened heart. Today, if you will hear my voice, you just got to hear it. You got to tune your ear to it and say, Lord, I don't want you to change my mind. I want you to change my heart. I don't want you to deal with the symptoms. I want you to go to the root. I want you to touch my heart. I tell you, every one of us who were born with a heart of infected and affected by sin. But sin and its effects is no match for God's Spirit and God's working. Today, if you will hear my voice. The truth is, while you alone can choose to harden your heart, only God can soften it. You can't do it on your own. You've got to rely on Him and on His Spirit. So you've got to just say, Lord, do heart surgery on me. Search my heart. David would kneel and pray. After being caught in sin, and I, I may preach about this next week, the, the prayer of David, he would kneel, believe in Psalm 51, he would say, create in me a, a clean heart. The heart. To have a heart that never hardens. Dickens could have almost been anointed by God to write that as a scripture. To have a heart that never hardens. I want to have a heart that never hardens to God's word. I want his word to speak to me and challenge me and change me. I want every, every word in this book, I want it to come to life. And I want it to pierce even to the dividing asunder, as Hebrews 12, 4, 12 would say, to the, uh, in the dividing asunder of the joint and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's sharp, that quick and powerful, sharp. The word of God. Piercing. I want it to. I wanted to get down into my heart. I, I don't want to have a heart that, that hardens with every head bowed and every eye closed. Because I refuse to let go of things, because I held on to the hurts, the past, the shame, the regret, the mistakes, the things others said and did. I gotta let it go. I don't want to have a heart that's hardened by sin. And so today I, I come to this point and I say, God, touch my heart. Don't just touch my mind. Don't just touch my emotion. Touch my heart. Go right to the root of it. Go to the very center of who I am and challenge me and change me, God.
Come on, all over the house. I, I wish you'd just begin to talk to the Lord right there where you're standing. God wants to touch your heart today. God, let it get all the way to my heart. Let it change my heart. I, I don't want to be the same person I've always been. I want you to change me. God, for every time that I've allowed sin into my heart and into my life, forgive me, cleanse me, create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit in me. For everything I've held on to, the hurts, the shame, the mistakes, the failures, God, I let it go. I, I surrender it to you. I, I don't want to be like Pharaoh. I, I don't want my heart to be hard. And I, God, I want to hear your word today. God, I want you to speak to me when, when, when I'm going in a direction that is not right, when I'm allowing my heart to drive, my, to, to drive me and to order my steps. Lord, forgive me. I want you to order my steps. I, I want your, your convicting voice to challenge me and to speak to me and to correct me. I want your word that, that Scripture would say is there to reprove and to rebuke and to correct. God, I wanted to do that in my life. I want to have clean hands. Hand, oh, I want to have a clean heart.